Hello, and welcome to Royale Without Cheese, our bi-weekly podcast in which we discuss both the classic and the unknown of Hollywood and forest cinema from the then and now. We are your hosts, me, Leonardo Miranda, uh, Miguel Aido. Hi there. Hey there. And, of course, Tomás Ferreira. Hey, hey, hey. We are three filmmakers in an informal dialogue with a film review each episode. With the wrap-up of 2022, we're opening a review series looking back at some of the last year's films that might be possible, Oscar contenders, or simply top-of-the-talk festival darlings. Our Oscar... Wait. Our Oscar segment will run through January, February, and March 2023. As part of our red carpet affairs, reviews in both English and Portuguese will be available for different listeners. Today's episode will be in English and we'll be having a go at Park Chan-wook's decision to leave. Portuguese speakers can head to the Portuguese-labeled content section. Now sit back and hope you enjoy the show, as always. Walks latest film premiered in the US in October. It's been making its way around the festival circuit by appearing at TIFF and Chicago International Film Festival, Fantastic Fest, and a bunch load more. Now leading the way in the Asian Film Awards. Known for his incursions into the psychological thriller and romance, Park is no stranger to the bending of these genres with other works such as Old Boy, Lady Vengeance, and Handmaiden. But what did Royale without cheese think about his latest film? I know you didn't enjoy it much, but I enjoyed it. It is a complicated situation because it's not quite, I cannot actually state that I didn't enjoy it on the basis of uh, this first watch because precisely I felt that I need a second watch or even a third because there's so much that evades me, mm -hmm. specifically after the character shift is, shifts uh, the place where he works and he goes back to the town. Where his wife lives, because essentially he works in Busan, and where he lives with his wife in Lipo is another town in the film. So when he goes back there, I'm completely lost. I don't know what the heck is going on. There's so much thing that <laughs> is not. It's not that hard. I am. I'm. I'm so lost. I think the first half of the film is kind of confusing at points because of the editing and the flash forwards and the way mm -hmm. yes, there's yeah, various crimes that I don't know their relation. I get that, especially the beginning of it. There are so many jump cuts and there's there's a case before the main case. But but by the end of that first part, I get the general view of it. Mm -hmm. Okay, I get where we are. I get where we are with the case, the finale of it. But then when we go to Lipo and the whole second husband that the widow has and the relationship with the other gangster dude i, I don't i don't get it I, i'm i'm lost the finale <laughs> the finale at the beach i'm like what is going on i don't understand this film <laughs> i'm sorry i was a bit at a loss i think i need a second watch but there of course there are uh kind of elements elusive to vertigo that i appreciate yeah, it very much it's his vertigo film though every may, filmmaker be, has may, its own you know because it made me think of vertigo i was feeling like I'd rather be watching Vertigo than this. <laughs> I, I think it fulfills very different yeah. needs for me. 
Yeah, because because you understood it, you know, because you understood it. I think I still need a second uh, kind of watch. I mean, I don't think I don't know if I understood. It's still a confusing film, and there are still things that I'm not totally sure. I know what mm. the fuck they meant, like narratively, what was going on, but I got the general idea of it pretty well, I think. Yeah, I, I do agree that the second half uh, can make you feel a bit more confused ah. because of the new elements with the husband and the and Slappy and I don't the gangster not stuff. And then there's supposed to be a whole revelation at the end by coming back to her that moment with her in the red dress texting uh, what i think is that he, he he goes a little overboard with the with the editing in that second half <clears throat> between the flashbacks and the present um and so it does i think it makes things unnecessarily confusing but it's not too difficult if you just hold hold off in your confusion and then wait for, to see what he meant what he means because then Slappy comes back and he does the, the interrogation scene and things are a bit more clear, and you and you feel and you and then she explains the whole thing with the husband that it was a sort of a scheme. Okay, then explain to me what did you understood about that second half? What did curious. you not understand? I think it's easier. Yeah. That way. Okay, I did not understand when you cut to that gangster slapping her when she's in that red dress and all bruised up. I don't know how that connects with the rest. I don't, think you, back, I don't same... think you need to understand that necessarily. No? Okay, so that's the part not to understand. Great, a... fine. <laughs> yeah, the shady relationship with a lover. I don't have a, a perfect, like an explanation to it. It's more, she's in a relationship with some but guy who has is, connections. It seems, to be, it seems to be important because we come back to that same gangster being interrogated. Especially at the end. If you just approach it in its own terms, like it starts the second half. Okay, now we're thrown into this strange uh, like new narrative let's say uh, if you yeah, put it on sure. its own terms what did it say okay she's in this relationship yeah. and she okay. goes back to Weepo. she has a like it, uh, an opportunity comes up that she needs to re relocate and i think that's the essential part of that thread that you don't understand it's more of a setup to give her an excuse to go somewhere else and the place that she decides to go is Ipo because she wants to go to the same city as the as June. I think that's the essential part. I understood it. that bit. Okay, but now you don't need to understand exactly the mechanics of what's the relationship. Yeah, but it and... seems like the film wants me to understand by the end with the twist because there's this whole coming together of plot lines with the gangster interrogation. Then the detective seems to realize something through asking that that, that same fat gangster who lost the mother, you know, a bunch of questions. I'm like, what was just revealed? I don't get it. And then we go to the... What did you... That's very easy to understand, right? What was it? I don't remember. You see, it had so many, so little effect on me that I don't quite remember what was the interrogation all about. What was his liaison with um, her and the killing of the husband, the second husband? And what was all of that? Okay, yeah. the, the essential part of it is that she wanted to have a, new, uh, a connection to June, the detective. She wanted yes. to have a reason to be investigated by him yes. again. Yes, yes, I understand. So the relationship to Slappy is that she uh, killed his mother by giving her the fentanyl, which by in turn meant that he, Slappy, would kill her husband, and in turn would mean that would be a, a murder in Ipo, and in turn would mean that uh, June was going to investigate that murder. 
to which she was related. Okay, I did not understand <laughs> that whole. You see, you, under, you understood the mechanics a little bit better than I did because I didn't understand that. You see, you made the connections that I did not make. I understood that she got herself in this new situation with another husband mm -hmm. that led her to Lipo, and that was it. To meet him, to meet him again. What the film hides is whether she got into this new relationship purposefully, which would, you know, be insane. I don't know if that's yeah. the case or not. Or if she just happens to be in this new relationship with this guy who has mafia connections or gangster connections, it's not even clear. But that's essentially what the film with the jump does. It doesn't show her starting this new relationship, which can be a little confusing, I suppose. And I don't know if I got it. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah. And the extent to which it's important is just so that it's important to understand the mechanics of the murders because it changes the perspective of the detective in that um, he'd always um, suspected that she might not be completely innocent and now things change because he has new information and that's the important part is that this information changes how he feels about her. And I think it's what and makes that's the... Why that, the ending, yeah. That's what drives the ending to be so, so much more powerful. Exactly. And also why the second half when they when they meet again in the context of a murder or of a death is so funny because he's like do you think i'm stupid i know what you've done i know everything right yeah but he still has that doubt in him maybe this time she didn't do it hmm. and, and that that conflict within him is i think is interesting that mm -hmm. he he's determined to prove that she did it but at the same time this is some conscious uh, which is symbolized by his unsureness of whether the the dress is blue or green is what makes it interesting because he, he wants to believe that scene with the, the cop uh, partner where they're sort of uh recreating the the, the arm uh, parts and it just it clicks on that exact moment and then ah the phone he threw it let's search the sea <laughs> it's just the uh... An eureka moment suddenly with that exact position. But yeah, it just speaks to his sort of desperation and yeah. uh, weird state of mind, completely in love, I guess. Yeah, exactly. It's sort of a very toxic relationship that they have and that they murder unites them here in this film. Reminded me a bit of also Phantom Thread in the sense that they... The relationship is built on something very fucked up, brings them together, and what makes them want to be together. But isn't that every relation, relationship? Isn't it all? At all? <laughs> Not to this degree, but in a way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's give him poison mushrooms and I'll <laughs> take care of him. No, but in the sense that, yeah, they're both um, very shattered people. I mean, uh, the guy's not happy in his marriage, so. It always takes two people. Um... But then she does kill herself by the end, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what did you think of, of the need for that? Did you uh, like? I was a bit at a loss. Why did you need that? I'm very torn on it. I think it's interesting. It feels like an easy cop out. One of us has to die. I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't even call it a, a cop out. It's more of a. It serves a a very like narrative and thematic purpose mm. but i don't feel like it's 
justified by the narrative, uh, by the, the the characters in their relationship that much. Feels like more of a punchline ending. I of, see. I'm going to give you a reason to always search for me, because that's the only way we can be together. Yeah, yeah I agree. But it doesn't feel justified. I think I like it in that sense that it is an, an interesting idea, and the way she commits suicide is like very strange. Very strange, isn't it? I'm like I, I'm thinking of the whole thing. It's like I'm gonna dig this hole. I'm gonna go on the hole. And I'm going to wait that water comes in. And I'm thinking, mm, it's like, it doesn't seem like the most effective, effective way to do this. It's not. Yeah. Someone, if you choose to drown, you're not. <laughs> yeah. she, she, didn't, did she, she didn't bury herself. She kind of just waited for the water level to, to rise. Right? Yeah, it's a thing. It's a slow death. I mean, yeah. And buries. Yeah, it buried. Like, the, that's the indication okay, i want to die but i want to be poetic about it i want to make it yeah exactly <laughs> or maybe maybe she wanted she wanted to maybe be rescued by by the detective yeah. so she chose the slowest way to go yeah. she wanted to give him an option but i think she wanted to die i mean i don't think she want. i don't buy it i think the screenwriters wanted yeah, her to exactly. die. <laughs> i think Clark yeah. Luke was like it would be really cool if this was the way to end it. <laughs> it is cool. Yeah. It is an interesting like, way of doing it, but it doesn't feel earned that much. Because I, th- I, I thought like, they do seem to love each other very much and they, in their own fucked up way. It could work, but I don't know. Felt like she was fulfilling a narrative. Like a mm. story that she created in a way that is very external to the world of the film itself. And also the, the film itself has very unexpected funny moments or humorous moments, like the at the beginning, mainly the uh, his partner having always that massaging robot thinking. <laughs> they are doing the job like actually spying on the suspect and he's like wow wow like it was such a his partner and i really left when they were doing that sort of chase on foot and the other guy just stays behind completely falls to the ground i can't yeah. do this man he's <laughs> <laughs> like cough he's completely yeah. out of shape it was really he's just shouting at the other guy <laughs> and then and then a little afterwards he just goes to the backyard of that guy just gets stabbed a bit a million times, just completely <laughs> yeah. incompetent. <laughs> yeah, like Koreans, I'm mean, generalizing, but Korean cinema with this kind of uh, cop thriller scene, I'm thinking of mem- memories of a murder. They really like to have this kind of body humor, slapstick, where they just ridicule the cops or someone. For example, I think memories of a murder, which is from Feng Shun-ho, you have some cops being very aggressive with the suspects while interrogating them and just I mean they just <laughs> this strenuous movements where they put someone on the ground with just a kick and the, the, the suspect falls down the a whole hill or from the interrog- interrogation chair and just feels ridiculous. It doesn't feel like the cops are well composed. These figures of authority are very um, authority are very ridiculous. And that is very it kind of goes against the whole seriousness of the moment because you at the same time that this kind of slapstick moment is going on the camera may be fixed you know a very health position so the visually he's, the camera is not really going for humor but uh 
narratively speaking, the character is acting like very ridiculous. Here, I think the whole film sustains a, a comic tone throughout most of the time. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Although it's something that does not take center stage. It's kind of, it's another taste in the film. Mm -hmm. It's in there. So, yeah. I think what's, I don't find that uh, very inventive is the moments where she's spying on this widow and she sees himself in the room as well with her. It feels a bit, I have seen this gimmick of uh, the reenactment of the events or uh, being done while the person who is narrating it or seeing it in his own mind is in the scene. I have seen this too often made in film that it's no longer impressive. I cannot I think say it's this. there to be impressive. It's just there. No, but to... you know, it's one of those things that you clearly see it as one of the traits of the film. Mm -hmm. And what do you want? I think it's just trying to find new ways to visualize his insomnia. Exactly. New ways to visualize this kind of proximity between observed and observer. And I think it's not really new. It doesn't impress me. Okay. Yeah. Kind of that way. But you see, that's me personally. I guess. <laughs> but it's not like I don't, I'm not, in, I'm not like, oh, what a genius decision. It's just, oh, nice. Okay, cool. I don't think it needs, I don't need it needs to find new ways necessarily. And I think you had the dolly zoom things. with, you had the dolly zoom, and then people started making dolly zooms, and it doesn't mean that that deserves a comment of uh, they're repeating dolly zooms, and it's not impressive. It's like just a new way of doing things. And when I say new way, I don't mean a new way that is like never been done before, not even once. I mean that this is not how you would do a scene like this most of the times, even like it's been done before. But it's not the typical okay, way. Do you think that this type of scene was done in a new way? This type of scene? What do you mean? I mean, this scene is not new. I mean, we have seen this in other films. Where You've seen most it, things in other films. Yeah, most things in other films. But it's like some things it's, I you're find not a quite fair new. A spectator, you have to remember. But what do you mean? You've seen much more. Yeah, you've seen much more than most people. So. Well, yeah, but. Uh, the thing is, some things feel quite new, even if you even if you feel that um, an element in the narrative or mm -hmm. a way of filming or a the way he, uh, the sound is treated in a scene or in a film has been done before, either it's a new angle or legitimately, oh, this is quite new. I have never seen this uh, before. I, I don't think I've seen it, it like an insomnia portrayed like that. Like I've seen that thing of the, you know, someone is okay. having a flashback or a thought and they see themselves mm -hmm. in the same room. But usually it's more of a, it's more gimmicky than here where it makes sense, even if it's not particularly like mind blowing or impressive, but it helps put you in the mindset of the character. He's sleep deprived. Mm -hmm. He sees himself with this woman that he's fascinated with. I think it works. And it engages you in the scene, I think, uh, because it's not always surely, linear, so... Surely it engages you, but I think it's it's the awareness that, okay, he wants to engage me with this thing I have seen so many times, mm -hmm. and I don't particularly see it has... Okay, but every shot, in theory, should, should be made to engage you, so, you know, it's... Uh, yeah, it's just a choice. Uh... I don't know, it just, to me personally, just reminded me too much of its effect has a gimmick, you know, to me, it was a gimmick.
I get I get in the sense of it works up with this insomnia aspect. But you know, nothing new was added to it to me, you know. But you know. I mean that's a bit like when directors use tracking shots um you know, those really long one take uh, shots where you feel like if there's a, a reason behind it, you're okay with it. But if there's not, then you question it a little bit more. It's kind of the same here. I mean, you have a different type of way of setting up a scene and, and, and shooting it. And you either have some sort of way to base it. And in this case, it's the it's the guy's insomnia. Or you don't. And you question a little bit its, its motive. But to me, it's not quite the guy's insomnia. To me, the, the reasoning behind him putting him the observer, so close to the observed, is the fact that the whole center stage of the film is about this love affair between a detective and a suspect emerging and how it becomes kind of obsessive and lavish. I think it, I think it serves a dual and... purpose more. Hmm? I think it serves both purposes. Okay, both purposes. But the thing is, I just felt... Yeah, it feels, it feels like, how can we uh, express this obsession? How can let's put him actually inside the house with the observed, and it just feels like uh, I, I, it's 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 okay. that's literally what Stalker most wants, and you've done that, and I think I've seen that before, and I don't feel quite impressed. You know, I just feel I just felt cheap. You know, to me, no, I, I think the problem is that it's in a dramatic scene because if it's a comedy-ish scene, um, you know, comedy refers to the very very act of it so it's normal that shots that are that are representing comedic scenes are more sort of gimmicky as well like pans and zooms and in here you have a dramatic scene so you expect more sober stuff no it's not that i expect sober stuff i'm not defending that it should be a sober observant observation just by the you know the monocles um, of this person it's just that the way he chooses to approach it and I'm not saying he shouldn't even do the re the, the the scene where the the observation of this person in her living room having her daily life, and then he sees himself inside it. It just okay. We are inside this living room, and we know that we're seeing her from afar. But it's all seen within your mind's eye. Let's say, what else of new are we going to add? And I, just, I always felt that nothing was really mm, expressed. I mean, really, and... really, the only thing that it's different is the. This, you know, you suspended disbelief because suddenly he's inside the house. But in terms of the, the, the actual shots, the pans, it's very much the style of the director. I mean, he does this a lot. Um, this is his way of shooting. So really the only thing that it, that is a bit different is putting him inside the, the room. Um, and, and that aspect alone is... is not. I mean, I wasn't bothered by it. <laughs> exactly. It's just different perspective it didn't bother me i barely thought about it even huh interesting i thought about it a lot because he does it more than once and he feels functional but i think it sets up comedy as well like oh yeah you think so? in one of the scenes he's talking on the phone with her we see mm. them front face to face and i underline uh it sets up the comedy which is they, they're talking he asks her to come over to do something i don't remember what i yeah. think it's the buccal thing and she says, oh, no, today I can't go, blah, blah, blah. And then we cut to her, her leaving the apartment and getting on the car. If I'm not mistaken, this is how it goes. And he's following her to see where she goes. And she goes to the police station. So it's like, oh, oh yeah. you're here. Yeah. So I think it 
even though the scene is dramatic in the sense that it serves the development of the narrative, it, but it sets up the comedy that comes right after. Mm -hmm. There's also a bit of humor in that uh, he wants to go inside and she says no, but then with him being inside because of the, the way uh, he, he directed the scene, I mean, he forces himself, so to speak, inside through the director, uh, um, even though the character was, was told he couldn't go inside. So it's it's funny that way as well. Yeah, the whole investigation, uh, the whole investigation and stalker scenes do have a humor tone to it. Like when he wakes up and she's like looking at him, good morning, and she goes back inside mm -hmm. and it cuts to him in the in the office saying good morning to people clearly she improves his moods and the fact that it's <laughs> a it's like a known secret you're investigating me i don't mind it and it's almost pointless so because they just like the game between each other it's sort of a role play that they both consent to it's the role play of love role play another love. Uh, trait of the film that i find is uh, particularly used here and in, I think Parasite as well, is the is how comfortable they are with shooting, you know, filming, the interactions with uh, phones like smartphones. Uh, if, if there's one thing that I would hate to, to feel that I never think about, so much so that whenever I write something when I that involves a phone, I picture that phone has a phone from thirty years ago. <laughs> That's <laughs> a very always, Portuguese way of thinking about. I always realize phones. I'm like, fuck, this phone does not exist. People don't use this. But I like it though. Can we do it? <laughs> so it's like it's like uh, Portuguese, never Americans. Sure, okay. South Koreans. <laughs> oh, let's let's go inside the phones. Let's see them from I mean, inside. Yeah. They're the visionaries here. They're they're portraying modernity, man. Yeah, like uh, and and it's really interesting how that's what's most interesting in the film is how dealing with smartphones and the conversations over phones. It's so it's so embraced. You know, you have so much. You know, drama around the phone. There are close-ups of a phone. <laughs> yeah, the the codes you know, to unlock the You see the, the, the texts reflected on their faces and the waiting of a message. The behavior around them, not seeing the other person yet, being yeah, talking to that's the shot that of person. the the three dots yeah, loading yeah, up yeah. as he's waiting for her. To no, and he constantly erasing something, then erasing it because of the answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's accepting that part of you know modern times into into film, into film representation. And I just thought it funny in regards as well to my own approach to the phones. I like, I, I'm laughing because every short I've done has a fucking phone in it. <laughs> and I'm like, why do I keep coming back to phones? And then I'm writing this, this, you know, this film uh, yet again. And the, a whole part of it is about phones, <laughs> but the phones aren't modern at all. And I'm like, fuck it. I don't like phones. <laughs> I don't like smartphones. Yeah, I understand, but like phones are part of our everyday it's it's existence. They're it's the a reflection of that, thing, you know. Yeah. It's it's really a reflection of that, and yet it's like because it's part of so much part of our existence. I keep coming back to phones, perhaps on the conversation level, which is really the least used app of a phone to me. Like I, I don't no, use no, no. the phone the that least much. Used the phone app call is some, the phone app. Is the phone app? No, Mike just sent me a, a like a standard. Uh, sketch the other day and it was yeah. immediately reflecting about that. and I thought wow that's a really you know well thought out thing because yes if anything I use less on the phone 
is to call someone nowadays. And actually, I'm annoyed by it. I'm annoyed that I'm so dependent on YouTube, most of all, <laughs> and then all these apps. Instagram and all that. Yeah. I wish I could just, I cannot uninstall YouTube. I need to disable or anything, but I don't want to disable it. And the power <laughs> I need it. just turn away yeah. from the phone is difficult. So I, 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 I started, you know, um, tidying up the place and putting the apps in a place it's more difficult to get at. I need to move. <laughs> I need to get inside the thing. And but I, but I'm like Bothering my brain yourself. has gotten my yeah. brain has gotten used to it. Now I go inside the thing. Now you just and know, I search like, it all, and I'm go <laughs> stop it. Just hide stop your it. phone. <laughs> I just wish for the early days of my life when I didn't need this fucking rackety thing. The good thing on the brighter side is that I never was a person who cared about how advanced my phone is. Uh, I don't care about that that side of things. So I'm content with the phone I have, but uh, yeah, it's annoying phones uh, and how much control they have over your life. What's the deal with these phones? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> it's Jerry Seinfeld. All right. Attempted. <laughs> yeah. All right. What's with all these phones? <laughs> yeah, that was more accurate. <laughs> yeah. That was more accurate. <laughs> Just, uh, it's slower. Uh, I just remember the shot that I really liked. It was in the chase scene. And he, he puts the camera right behind the, the head. I don't know if you remember. It's is like it, it's like it's attached to scene? Yeah, it's oh, a know, bit of the know, back. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's attached to the body. I know, it's that's really like, interesting um, to see. That's that's probably uh this um device that they have that they attach to the actor's body and then the camera is there holding on the stick. They usually put it in front of the person. So you see, it's a close-up of the face, and she's walking. I think Aronofsky does that in Wrecking for a Dream, where the whole surroundings is like Walk this, away. right? Uh, very discombobulated. But this time, you know, he actually puts the camera behind the actor, which I haven't seen that type of shot being done from the behind. That was interesting. That but was uh, cool. I found it really interesting because um, you see the chase scene at the speed of the the chaser, really. Yeah. And you get a sense that it's... They're running fast, but they're not not running that fast as you would think um, if you compare it with the surroundings. Uh -huh. So you really get a sense of of the reality of the situation where they're tired and and the speed is not that not that great anyway. I also like how he shot the, the rooftop really sequence. How he holds on that the aerial shot, and you actually saw the surroundings and how difficult it is to kind of mount up. Yeah, yeah, some crane shots are very good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's a, he's a good director, uh, very, very sure of himself. I still need to see Old Boy. It's like a film that I know for 10 years now. Uh, good film. And I still haven't seen it. My, my dad just watched it last night, but it was a remake. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> it was on. I saw it too. Spike yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I didn't see it. I've seen it. Yeah, I've seen I think, glimpses. But I saw that it was on TV. He also directed that uh, little, the Little Drummer Girl series. Ah, uh, yeah, true. Oh, yeah? Wonderful Which is interesting, yeah. It's with Florence Pugh and uh, that Skarsgård no, no, brother. Nobody else, just Florence Pugh. <laughs> no, no, it's a bunch of actors, but yeah, yeah, yeah. she's the lead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it has, even though it's an um, it's a British show, it's um, it, the directing. It's it's very very interesting, and it's very his. Wise people like water. Benevolent people like mountains. I am not benevolent. I like the sea. This is what she says in the beginning of the film.
Yes, I thought that was a little confusing. I had to stop the film and, and okay, let's <laughs> take this in. Yeah, but I think he incorporates that into the color symbolisms and uh, like the, the, the green dress, you know, the green being the mountain, the, the blue being the, um, the sea. Mm -hmm. Also, the fact that he, he sees the, the, he sees the, um, the dress as green, I think. Which means you would see her uh, as benevolent in a way, if, they, if, we, if we were to follow the logic of the the little poem she reads. I went, I went, you know, in the location she she the, she says in the poem. I mean, or not the poem, the the thing. For me, it was like, it was just where the the murders happened. It was the mountain and the first, and then she she herself and see <laughs> yeah yeah no there's different various connections to it i think throughout the film just the yeah. dress being one for me in terms of the colors the associations also the wallpaper in the in a room i think i think if i'm not wrong it's waves or it's mountains i'm not sure but it's bluish as well it's not sure it's not certain what it is i'm not i didn't get a good look at it I think it's like blue, but it can be a mountain. So I think it speaks to her uncertain nature, especially in his eyes and everyone around her as well. Or some see her as benevolent, others see her as wise. Uh, wise being maybe you can say it's like an indicator of shrewdness. Shrewdness. Yeah. Like that she knows what she's doing and she's playing people. So in a way of evilness, which I thought was interesting little little things to put in the film to make it more, to reflect upon, make it more engaging. Yeah, I also really enjoyed that line. She says, uh, let me just pick it up. It's the moment you said you love me, your love is over. The moment your love ends, my love begins. That was interesting as well. Kind of speaks to. But he never you know, says. It's, it's a love film, really. I think. He never says "I love you." I think what she interprets as "I love you" is actually another line. I think he says it. She doesn't. I mean, she in a way says. Well, it he doesn't too. say it. He's listening to a recording by the end of it, and there's no trace of it except one line that seems to indicate, "Oh, that's what she meant by me saying I love you." Or did she actually say? Because I didn't no, notice. I, I'm pretty sure at the end he says he says it to her face. Pretty sure. And then and then she doesn't say it back and, and she leaves. Well, regardless, it's pretty obvious that they like each other at least. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, that's the whole <laughs> that's the, the whole point thing yeah. of the film. No no I, I think I I'm I was I was thinking of a scene on Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> Not this film. Yeah, I mean the, the sense I got from the ending was the whole point it was he never said it really. Um because on the recording that he listens by the end, by the beach, no trace of it. He says something that, oh, that's what she meant by me saying I love you. But it was another line. Anyway, that's how I interpret it. Yeah, maybe. yeah, that would make sense within the... Also, the, the whole thing of the, she's, she's Chinese and says she doesn't speak too well Korean. So maybe mm -hmm. that's what happened, yeah. Did Parasite won best film? It, yeah, yeah, it did. Ah. Because I think it was best shit. international, but it won both. Like, yeah, yeah, I think. 
but yeah, yeah, yeah. big sure it won. Okay, that was a jump. Yeah, that was a big jump. Unexpected. That was the biggest jump. The biggest jump. Yeah, yeah. The biggest jump was when they decided to shift from best foreign film to best international film. (laughs) (laughs) Now we are inclusive. Oh my god! Not inclusive. How is that (laughs) a change for inclusivity? (laughs) But that's 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 what. But that's what made them feel warmer inside. I don't think. I think you're projecting a little bit there. I don't think that was. I don't. I don't know. Why would that be? I mean, it's just a change in name. I don't think it was like, oh, we're going to be inclusive here. I think so. We're the master puppeteers of inclusivity. (laughs) I think they see themselves as the master puppeteers of inclusivity. (laughs) I don't think it means anything. It's just a change in name. Mm, Okay. They should just make the Oscars, the whole world, and just give two of each. Like two two best actors, two best... Okay, but one, instead of one for Americans and one for foreign international, it it could be that they're both Americans, but they should just uh, broaden the whole specter of, of yeah, films. One, one for each country. One for each country. It's a little too <laughs> no, much. Instead of being yeah. an Oscar for best international film, just um, best films in general, just accept films. Oh, from that would be great. That would be great as a category. So the Oscar for best. The Oscar for best film in general, Gusty. <laughs> and a pretty good film. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like they, they will be obliged to make like so the best American film goes to and then so the best <laughs> film in general that is not American. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, like this was very guys. good, but in general it's in this general. One. It's the other one, yeah. all right. Just <laughs> Keep it down. We are not trying to be political correct. We just want to show that uh, we are inclusive. I mean, in general. Don't take this wrong. In general. <laughs> they should make a best stuntman and give it to Tom best Cruise. Stuntman. Actually, <laughs> that, that would be legit. Yeah. It seems, it seems ridiculous, but stuntmen work a lot, so why not? I think that's one of the most asked for categories exactly. ever. <laughs> no, it seems, but it's actually a pretty hard job, so it should have yeah. like best stuntman. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Especially when all other teams are somewhat represented. I mean, you can include electricians in the deal in the cinematography department, everything. Yeah. But stuntman, it's like, what is that production? Is that what is that? It's and even if it is production, matter. there's not a real production uh, category uh, unless you come best picture because it's so broad. I mean, the best picture really. used to go solely to the producer. I think, mm-hmm. but now they change that a little bit. Yeah, but yeah. There's not best production, although like the whole ceremony is in a way for the production of the film, which is the totality. So I guess it's yeah. But while on that line of technical crew, I hope that this year, don't know, but they bring back like Oscars live for the technical crew because in the other one, well, the last one they filmed. Yeah, that it. was that was they the sound guys, the editing guys, you know, receiving uh, the awards over oh, video. Like they yeah. had the, the, the whole ceremony recorded and I didn't really like terrible. that. I thought, why did you do this? This is horrible. This really shows like your attitude towards what is not starry and poppy, you know, that it, this really shows like leaves naked bare the fact that the Oscars are a show, a TV show. And let's leave, you know, what's important to the TV and what's unimportant to be just a yeah. little it's clip. A- it's so stupid because like editing even i don't know i think cinematography also was 
put aside for like a not televised. It's horrible. It's like, like no, those are thing. essential, essential yeah, parts. Like, I, I get to make them, man, but <laughs> come on. Come on. It's like, exactly. It's, like it's, okay, short documentary. Okay, yeah, I get that one, even though I'm sure they put a lot of work into making those films and they love <laughs> to be on television <laughs> shit like that. But like, they're very good. It's like it's like we're acting up the board members of, of the Oscars. Like I get it. I get it. Like, like short I get documentary. It. I mean, ideally you wouldn't cut it, but like if you're gonna cut something, it's not editing and cinematography. Yeah. O overall, to be fair, don't cut anything. Yeah, yeah, that would be my. Just have it as you always had it, you know, for you know, ages and ages. But if you're gonna cut it, it's the short. If you're gonna cut it, it's the short. I don't know. I think every Oscar is bad. They're all bad. In terms of what, the, show, the showmanship of it, yeah, it's always like annoying. Okay, yeah. interesting. What, what, a, what way? What way? It's it, they're jerking themselves off. We get it. Just oh, oh yeah, it's annoying in that <laughs> sense. Yeah. yeah, just present the awards. Just I mean, it's it's like, it's funny because when I'm uh, in the moments pre the awards, I'm not thinking about it. But while, when I when it comes a moment to see it, I actually <laughs> that's the moment when I get annoyed because you know it's like it's almost like after the show or before the show in the whole year you look forward to the awards or you, you imagine the awards and i at least me and i don't remember the annoying bits it's like oh it's the oscars that moment that ceremony that prestige then you come to see it and i'm just complaining the whole way through more or less no because i think like i care i, just, I maybe i'm alone in this but i just want to see the awards be given out yeah maybe crap a, a, a little yeah, yeah jokes actually, here and they're okay but like yeah. I don't want a whole I don't care. I don't care for the dance numbers, for yeah, example. Yeah, the dance numbers. I mean, if it's for the music nomination or whatever, okay. I, 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 I care, excuse I that I care one. every year that James Bond is nominated. I care. <laughs> let's, see, let's see them sing. I actually, uh, I don't mind those performances, but the whole, like, they make no, it's sketches. Too it's, too it's too long. They yeah, complain long. about, oh, the viewership is down. Yeah, no fucking shit. So it's boring as shit. It's like yeah. four hours long. And then you're cutting editing off and cinematography off. But I care about seeing those guys get your award, yeah. be happy, yeah. speak to their families. Like, I think that's the nice part. It's not seeing yeah. Jimmy Kimmel have a sketch about, oh, wasn't this Marvel movie cool? <laughs> it's not nominated. Wow. Or those, those bits, those sketches of him at the cinema complaining of, about Matt Damon. The thing about Matt is that... <laughs> He has no talent and he's just going on and on with the sketch. He goes to Matt and he goes to somebody else. And they have those things where then they bring audience, like they have a, it's the thing you're, I think you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, There's I think thing so. At the I cinema, then they bring the people in. It's like 10 minutes long. I'm sorry. I don't, this it's is slightly, Hollywood. It yeah. slightly feels condescending. It's very condescending. It's like, oh, <laughs> we, we brought the poors in to yeah, watch the royalty. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Relax. Like, no. <laughs> We let us just enjoy the spectacle of these rich people getting rewarded for being rich. That's the fun part. I don't want to see people like me there looking at them like in the rich people. All, oh, yeah, I got to and, touch and them. them oh, like in, uh, in, in, in them all in tuxedos and dresses, and them come in in you know regular clothes, <sighs> like little cameras taking pictures. It's it's, it's, it's too sad. real. Yeah, it's a little too real. Yeah when this is fantasy yeah so let me buy into fantasy show the prices do the thing that's it i'll go home and that's it folks 
If you'd like to reach out and suggest a film for the next episode, you can find us on the podcast official Instagram and Facebook pages. Don't forget to subscribe, share the episode, or simply give us a neat little like. That's how our podcast can grow ever more groovy. I like my likes. Hell yeah. Thanks for listening and see you next time, baby. See ya. See ya. You've got them. <laughs>